Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, Jamie, we have an episode on tap that I think is going to offer some welcome news to backpacking fans here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, Jim, that's right. Just a few weeks ago, the Corvallis to the Sea Trail officially opened, giving backpackers a brand new trail that runs uh, about 60 miles, that's six zero miles from downtown Corvallis all the way out to the Oregon coast at Ona Beach, which is just south of Newport. Seems like a pretty cool trail. Yeah, I mean, that is six zero, not <laughs> one six. Jamie, I mean, I, I think it is safe to say that zero... 60 mile trails have opened in the time that we have done this podcast here yeah. in the state of Oregon. I think that's a yeah. safe, safe thing to say. Yeah. This, I mean, and this, this is, um, you know, it, it's an unusual trail in, in that uh, trails of this size, of this magnitude. And I go from, I mean, literally the Willamette Valley, downtown Corvallis to the ocean. You don't get that kind of experience very often. No, uh, we're going to talk, of course, all about what it is like actually on this trail, what the trail's history is, how it has come to be, and maybe sprinkle in a couple of backpacking tips here at the end of the show for those interested. But Jamie, you interviewed the president of the trail partnership that made the trail a reality, and uh, it has quite a backstory. It has been in the works for a long time now. Yeah, I, I talked to Gary Chapman, who is the president of the C2C Trail Partnership, and he gave me the lowdown on what it took to get this trail together. And Jim, it is, it's a lot of complex bureaucracy, mm-hmm. land deals, all of this stuff, but it started out, the whole vision of this trail started almost 50 years ago. Wow. And it was from just a, a grad student at Oregon State University. His name is Marty Wong, um, who was uh, working an internship with the Sayusla National Forest back in 1974 and uh, just decided to scope out a route, see what a trail from Corvallis to the coast might look like. And that idea just kept bouncing around the bureaucratic channels, getting tweaked and honed over time, getting into local newspapers, you know, it had a lot of, uh, you know, periods of, of time where it kind of died and was then resuscitated back again. And so 
over the last 20 years or so, it has really been um, given a lot of, of, of life from people like the C2C Trail Partnership who have looked at this and said, you know what, this is actually a really good idea. And I think it would be a really popular long distance backpacking mm-hmm. and mountain biking trail. Mm-hmm. They've made it. So they, they did the work to work with private landowners, uh, public land management agencies to make sure that, that this dream could become a reality. Yeah. And, and the dream now a reality crossing through what is essentially Jamie, a patchwork of public and private lands. Uh, this isn't, uh, say a, Pacific Crest Trail style deal where it is like, this is just, uh, you know, National Scenic Trail, I believe the PCT is, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. something like that. You're crossing through a, a variety uh, of different lands here. I think for that reason, it's imperative, um, like it is for I mean, most other trails, um, but it's really imperative in this one to make sure you stay on the trail um, and that you obey any kind of like, hey, this is private property, don't camp here signs. Um, you know, and, and just recognize that this is, this is an area where there are going to be some private lands of different kinds, um, uh, maybe some logging lands as well that abut directly against this trail. Yeah, very much so. And I believe, uh, you duly noted in your story, one section of the trail does require a permit, but it's otherwise mm-hmm. completely, uh, self-paced, spend as much time as you want, uh, take your time and don't need to worry about the red tape, if you will. That's right. You know, right now there are no established backcountry campsites along the trail. So mm-hmm. if you are doing that big, long backpacking trip, which I feel like if you're doing this whole trail, that's probably the best yeah. way to do it. Um, just know that you're going to have to kind of work your way and find your own place to set up camp. So that means, you know, don't expect to find fire rings necessarily or, um, you know, necessarily these places that you might find at established backcountry sites. So it's a little bit rougher in that regard. Um, but for some people, that's, I think, part of the appeal. Totally. 100%. Uh, it is a backcountry experience in that capacity. Uh, but Jamie, we've gotten this far and haven't really uh, described the nature of this trail, what it looks like, what it feels like. Take us into what Gary, uh, you know, explained to you about the trail. What's it like? Yeah, well, I mean, anytime you're going to go from the Willamette Valley to the Oregon coast, you're, of course, going to need to cross the coast range. Mm-hmm. Um, these, you know, the mountain range that is uh, in, in the way between the two of them. And so hiking through the coast range, I mean, if you've driven through it or done some hikes up in there before, you kind of already have an idea. But it is a pretty heavily forested, but also a pretty heavily logged mountain range. So um, like we said, there's a patchwork of private and public lands. There's also going to be a patchwork of really lush forests and, you know, likely some clear cuts and other logging operations. So, you know, it, it's kind of going through, you know, it's not so you're going to have these, these big volcanic views that you're used to seeing, like say in the wilderness areas and the central cascades, it's mostly going to be a pretty dense forest. That's what Gary told me. Um, and you might end up with, um, you know, some mosquitoes, um, this might be an issue. Um, so it's a bit more challenging in that regard. Uh, but I, you know, it, it also offers an opportunity, I think, to be more meditative in that regard too, where you're just walking through the woods and going uphill and downhill and uphill and downhill for days on end. Um, and that's a real draw, I think, for a lot of people to just sort of immerse themselves in, in the woods like that. And it's not to say there's no views at all. Of there. course. Um, there are a couple of spots, a few spots in the trail where I understand there are really spectacular views. And I did ask Gary, I said, you know, hey, can you give me an idea of, 
what are like, you know, two or three of your favorite spots in the trail? He said, honestly, I can't because there are so many spots that I really enjoy that I, I really don't, I really can't play favorites when it comes to nice areas to see on this trail. Yeah. And, and a hike like this too, a backpacking trip that's going to take you a few, if not several days is kind of the sum of its parts, right? Uh, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily just, wow, that one vista or wow, that one beautiful campsite. You're doing maybe four or five campsites or more. Uh, you're seeing many uh, sweeping views and beautiful, beautiful places. And uh, it's not about kind of that one moment, that summit moment, if you will. Uh, it's about everything that goes into four or five, six potentially plus day experience. So one thing to mention, Jim, this trail has technically been open to hikers for a while. So this is something that they originally planned on opening uh, in 2020, which obviously had its complications. Um, And so it, it was, they kind of, you know, took a little bit of a, a little bit of a longer trek to get to the reopening that they, or the official opening that they Mm -hmm. wanted. Um, but now it is officially open and now it has signage even, which is something that is extremely helpful. Um, especially like we said, going through all of these public private lands, having clear signage is crucial. And one thing we should mention too, when it comes to hiking this trail and what that experience is like, um, what Gary said is that there are a couple of sections where you are going to be walking along the road and it's not, you know, not super long sections. It's not like doing the Oregon coast trail where, so many miles you're walking alongside the highway, but there are a couple of spots where you're either walking along the shoulder of a highway or you're walking down a gravel road. Um, so just keep that in mind. If this is something that you're interested in, that is a part of the experience too. I think as long as folks go into this trip with kind of clear eyes about what they're doing, you know, this isn't uh single track weaving through uh through the mountains and uh having wide open mount hood views or three sisters views if you will um and ducking back into the forest i mean as long as you understand look uh yeah some walking on the shoulder of a road is required and adjust your expectations accordingly not a problem for me yeah and i mean look i think what the the cool benefit of this trail too is like you get to walk from downtown corvallis to the ocean um, on trail, like that's so cool. And I, I just, I, I, you know, trying to imagine myself on this trail and the idea of, you know, emerging from the forest at last and, you know, seeing and smelling the ocean in the distance, um, doing a quick crossover 101 right there and hopping over to Ona Beach, taking off your shoes and walking mm-hmm. in the sand has to feel amazing. Oh my gosh. At the end of a, uh, you know, several day trip on trail yeah. to then sink your feet into the sand. And then maybe, uh, you know, if you're feeling, uh, feeling so inclined, a little jump into the Pacific Ocean. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. And then we're talking trail food, you know, what you've been dreaming of for the last three, four days, <laughs> uh, you know, fixing yourself up something delicious there on the coast. Uh, mm-hmm. that's a, a pretty, pretty sweet deal. Uh, I like that visual a lot. Yeah, shoot, head up to Newport and get yourself some fish and chips at South Beach uh, Seafood there or, Ooh. you know, whatever you want in town. Yeah. Get yourself a bowl of chowder at the end. Yeah, I mean, even uh, and then to rewind more, I'm just like getting this visual in my head, right, of your kind of, you know, emerging from the forest. And you can start to feel that ocean air. The temperature mm. maybe starts to drop. You can kind of uh, maybe the wind picks up a little bit. You've got a little of that saltiness. I mean, that last little bit of the trail. Many of us who who go out into the backcountry kind of know that anticipation of, 
you know, was that glint, uh, you know, in the woods a couple hundred <laughs> yards away? Was that was that a windshield of a car? Uh-huh. You know, ooh, was that a landmark that I passed a mile into the trail or four miles into the trail? I forget, <laughs> you know, counting down the bridges, going back over the water, or the, the creek or whatnot, or the landmarks to get back to the car. But you're doing that with, uh, you know, 50 plus miles in your rear view and the Pacific Ocean on the horizon, physically and metaphorically. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the views are literally like as you're, uh, you know, kind of re-entering uh, civilization, if you will. But man, uh, lots, lots to look forward to and lots to experience there. Jamie, with all that said, I kind of want to go backpacking right now, but uh, we're going to <laughs> satiate that craving by talking some more Corvallis to Sea Trail right after a short break. All right, folks, we are back talking about Oregon's newest long distance hiking trail. That is the Corvallis to Sea Trail, aptly named, of course, because it goes from Corvallis to the Pacific Ocean. And Jamie, we've talked all about hiking the trail, but you can also bike from Corvallis to the ocean. Yeah, this uh, trail has also been approved um, for mountain biking specifically. And my understanding is that mountain bikers have been kind of uh, exploring this area for a while. Um, and, you know, when you're on a mountain bike, it's a little bit of a different experience, right? Um, you know, you're going a bit faster, so you can take these these routes that, you know, like old back forest roads, um, gravel roads that, you know, if you're hiking, you don't want to be on one of those for too long. But because you can go a bit faster in mountain biking, it, it makes it a little bit easier. So there's a bunch of different routes you can take sort of within this that isn't necessarily the one route that you're mm. going to want to take if you're backpacking say mm-hmm. so if that is something you're interested in doing some mountain biking i highly recommend going to the website c2ctrail.org and they've got all kinds of routes in there and good tips and information um, the crux of it is it sounds like it's something you can do in about a couple of days um you know They recommend doing a ride from Corvallis to the Big Elk Campground, which is about 30 miles. Most people do it in a day. And then from there, it's just about another 30 miles down to get to Ona Beach. So, um, you know, less of a big, long adventure Mm -hmm. than backpacking. So if you're into mountain biking, a really cool and honestly faster way to do this uh, experience. Totally so. And uh, Jamie, what uh, caught my eye in your story, among other things, of course, about the Corvallis to Sea Trail, is the prospect laid out of what was referred to as the Grand Oregon Adventure Loop. <laughs> and and this, of or course, gold, is, is, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lay this out for us. Uh, <laughs> what is the hypothetical Grand Oregon Adventure Loop? This is... Um, so I talked to this guy, Al LePage, who is the executive director of the National Coast Trail Association, and he's been a part of the effort to get the Corvallis to the Sea Trail completed. Uh, he has this idea of the Grand Oregon Adventure Loop. And so the notion is that you would be you combine um, several different paddling trails, paddling waterways, mm-hmm. with um, some hiking trails, backpacking trails, to get this big one loop that basically leads you up the Willamette Valley, over to the coast, down the coast, and then back into the Willamette Valley. So imagine for a second, Jim, that you're starting in Corvallis, but instead of going to the Corvallis, the sea trail, you're going to start by going the other direction. You're going to go north. So you'd be getting on the Willamette Water Trail 
um, which goes along the Willamette River. And you can paddle from Corvallis to Portland doing that. And then once you get into Portland, you can continue paddling down the Lower Columbia River Water Trail from along the Columbia River from Portland to Astoria. And then from there, you can, I don't know, do something with your kayak, put it in storage, <laughs> give it to someone. Sell it, you know, give it to Sell your friend, it, yeah. whatever. Have a friend meet you, pick up your kayak, give you a backpack, and you can backpack down the Oregon Coast Trail, um, which we mentioned before um, is along both trails and along roadways. And you can backpack that south to as far as Newport. It goes all the way down the coast, but you can stop at just past Newport at, of course, Ona Beach, where then you can continue backpacking to the east along the Corvallis to the Sea Trail back to Corvallis. That would be the Grand Oregon Adventure Loop, according to Aula Page. Whew. That is, uh, that is a lot. Uh, and multiple disciplines, mind you. If yeah. you even wanted to combine hiking and biking, uh, you could oh, bike yeah. back on the C2C, if you will, or you could bike, uh, down the Oregon coast on, uh, I don't know what the proper name is, but the Oregon coast bike route essentially down us 101 um would be an option as well i mean you could take this in multiple uh different ways but the you know grand vision of kind of a uh humongous scenic loop combining many of the riches of the region is pretty spectacular honestly <laughs> yeah i love the dream of this mm -hmm. you know i i don't know how many people will actually do it um you know, I don't know if, if Al himself is is going to be able to do it or not. He mentioned that, that this is like what he wants to do. This is like he wants to complete this and be okay. the first. Um, so I, I imagine Al at least is going to finish this up. Uh, but for folks who are looking for big, huge, grand adventures, this is a cool one. I this think. is a cool one. Uh, I, you know, I think I would uh, be hard pressed to dedicate the time and logistics personally to make this happen i will say it doesn't call my name like it perhaps does <laughs> to some other folks but even doing all of these things in you know uh like what what you would refer to like as a section hiker right so i hike this part of the pacific crest trail and then i come back next year and i pick up where i left off and do the next section of the pacific crest trail and eventually you've hiked the whole pct kind of thing. I could see folks being like, okay, I'm going to do the C2C this year. Um, I'm going to do, uh, you know, the section of the Oregon Coast Trail next year. I'm going to do the Willamette Water Trail, a third, uh, you know, Lower Columbia River Water Trail, a fourth. Uh, you know, by the time you, uh, you know, you've done your four years, you've done the Grand Loop, if you will. So mm -hmm. another uh, twist on that, I suppose. There yeah, many different ways you can do things and doing it all in one fell swoop may not be your flavor, but uh, <laughs> lots of lots of good opportunity for adventure there. And while we're talking about section hiking, Jim, we should mention with the um, Corvallis to Sea Trail specifically, um, that is one where I, I talked to them about day hiking it. Can people, you know, say hike a section here and there? Um, it's possible to do some day hikes, but it's a lot of backtracking. So, but they are working on that for the future. Um, as this gets more popular, that is one of the first things they want to do is open up more day hiking opportunities. So people who don't want to do the whole 60 miles in one go mm -hmm. can maybe do 20 miles here, 20 miles there, do it in a few times and, uh, you know, do it in, in sections, like you said. Absolutely. So, and, uh, of course, obviously in a region where 
new trails would be absolutely welcomed and new experiences within existing trail mm-hmm. systems. All of that, of course, leads me, Jamie, to uh, refer back to something we did a long time ago. Uh, it seems like a long time ago. I can't even remember how long ago it was uh, <laughs> when we did our camping and backpacking 101 episodes here on the podcast. Was that last summer? Jamie, last spring. Right. Uh, so back in, uh, 2020, of course, as we've said, most likely before time is relative here and everywhere. <laughs> but, uh, Jamie, you referenced, uh, there's, of course, not developed campsites along this trail. There's the possibility to encounter some wildlife along this mm-hmm. trail. Uh, I'll put you on the hot seat for a couple of backpacking tips for folks who whose fancy has been struck here by the c2c trail the first thing is get the right gear right yeah you don't have to get the best gear the most expensive gear no. but make sure you have um you know a good gear gear that you know that is going to keep you safe and warm make sure you have um water filters this is an area where you're drinking creek water that you're going to need to filter or treat yourself so before you go off on an adventure like this, um, really make sure you know what are the risks, um, what you need to to bring with you to make sure you stay safe. Um, one of the great things people talk about when backpacking, and I think it's especially good for these long distance trips like this, um, they say, you know, you pack your fears. So if you're afraid of going hungry, you're going to bring probably a little, maybe too much food. If you're afraid of being cold, you might bring too many clothes. So consider that. When it comes to um, carrying all this weight on your back for 60 miles is a long time. Um, consider really making sure that every ounce you carry is something that you absolutely need. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess one more one more thing is um, consider the wildlife around you. Yeah. Uh, this is an area where you're, you know, probably not going to run into like cougars, but they are there. You know, you may not run into black bears, but they are there. Um, there's going to be raccoons, um, and all this stuff. So when it comes to food safety, um, you know, you can certainly hang it. That's a, a good option. Um, you can carry a bear canister. It's a little bit heavy, but that's a good option as well. Uh, it kind of all goes back to just make sure that you are taking the necessary precautions. Don't skip steps. Um, do everything you need to do to make sure that you're going to be safe out there. Because then once you can feel safe and secure, then you can allow yourself to just relax and have a great Mm -hmm. time being out there for a few days out in nature. And that is, of course, what we are all looking for. And all that Mm -hmm. to say, of course, the standard leave no trace ethics. We don't want to love this place to death. It is a new new option, uh, officially speaking, for Pacific Northwest backpackers. We want to keep it a good one for decades to come. Folks, until next time here on the show, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or a review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen. <laughs>